0: awesome thank provoking. you so much yeah. for having me and for diving into a conversation that starts with white people are exhausting that's the yeah thing.
1: man speaking of that can i can ask you one question um nope well, if you were going to rename google to something that's you know what would you name it like a black name (laughs) give us black google How are you guys great
2: how are you yeah. oh nice we Can't got video <laughs> nice. hello i'm Hi. here hey. uh,
0: how you doing
2: i am zach, Jeff. zach.
0: scott Jeff. scott yeah. got how it austin yeah. how
3: are you <laughs> good you look comfortable
0: i kind of am we- the husband has both the baby and the puppy so i'm alone in my room and yeah I think happy is exactly how I would describe myself right now. <laughs> how old's the baby? He's good. How he's old? so good. He's eight months. Nice. Congrats.
3: Eight months and you're still alive?
0: He just My became fun. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it.
3: <laughs> the the personality is starting to show.
0: He is. Yeah. Oh, he's so darling. Yeah, the first few weeks not so much but now yeah he is such a delight
2: yeah is this the this is the son that you wrote the letter to in one of the interludes in the book
0: yep i was pregnant when i yeah. was writing
2: that's beautiful by the way we're we just are going from the top so i don't i don't want to catch you off guard we're we're going now so as long as that's okay with you
0: i swear i won't say anything that
2: <laughs> <laughs> no please do
0: inappropriate we've gotten in
2: trouble for our casual starts in the past Uh, because people (laughs) just start talking and, oh, you were recording that.
0: (laughs) Good to know. Good to know.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) can we talk about your white male name?
0: I think we should. (laughs) I think we should totally talk about that.
2: That your your mom, it was your mom's doing or both your parents or how did that (laughs) go?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's some wisdom. But the name comes from my mom's side of the family, so I suspect she was the first one to offer it.
2: Okay, there's some a lot of wisdom behind that decision. Do you? Can you uh, give us something along those lines? What was going on there? So, um,
0: so as a kid, I definitely knew that my name was a boy's name. Um, because in those days you still sit on opposite sides of the room, right? There's the girl side and the boy side. Right. And I used to have to do jumping jacks to get a hold of my teacher's attention. <laughs> like, yeah. Austin's over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very used to people like thinking that I would be a boy. Um, but usually what happens is they go, Oh, pause. That's a really interesting name, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, right. There's a pause where like the, the wheels are spinning and then the conversation moves on. What was strange was that, um, there was this day that I was at the library and the conversation didn't move on. So I'm talking to the librarian, trying to get my little books checked out. And she says, are you, is this your card? And I'm like, yeah, I think. And she's like, it says Austin. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's me. And she's like, are you sure? (laughs) And I thought, yeah. "Am I sure my name is Austin? Like, I don't even understand the question. Like, what, <laughs> what are you asking? What am I sure of?" Um, and it was her, like, her inability to like get over it that made me think, "What is happening here?" Right. But my only thought was, "Parents, why did you give me this name? Like, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were you thinking?" Yeah.
2: And how old were you then?
0: I don't, maybe like seven, eight ish. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I marched over to my mother and was like, Why? Why did you choose this name? Um and she was like, you know, Austin, one day you're gonna have to apply for jobs and you're gonna have to apply for like college, and we just wanted to make sure you could get to the interview. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. And my brain started scrolling through like every other Austin I had ever met, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, yeah. "They are all white." <laughs> I'm like, I had never put that together before. Yeah, it was a real aha moment.
2: Is there a background that you learned from your parents that were there specific instances? Like, how did how did they come to that? realization besides i'm sure some obvious things but were there personal things that happened with them
0: there wasn't i think that um most black parents um feel like they should go one of two directions and one is to give a super quote-unquote american name i.e white (laughs) that won't Mm -hmm. raise any eyebrows um or the other is to give them like a super duper black name that they could be really proud of who they are and where they come from. Um, and so, yes, I feel like parents are black parents are constantly having this conversation with each other as their child is like about to come into the world with what direction do we go? And my Mm -hmm. parents, because of their inability to, to enjoy any other name, thought, Ooh, well, we're gonna, we're going to go way far this
1: direction. Can, um, (laughs) Can you give me a rating on a scale of white to super duper black?
4: Mm. Um,
1: Equanimius Tristan Emotep J Saint Brown. Wow, that's we might real. See. That's real.
0: Get another category. Yeah. <laughs> so this this
1: uh, this guy just got drafted uh, in the NFL draft, and that's his name. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, let's see. that's like. Blackety black black. <laughs> <slack>. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: but he had so a, a hey. There's example. a J in there. There's he had a, a, J. a saint, he had a saint in it, okay. and coincidentally, he went to Notre Dame. So,
0: <laughs> now, see, I would be interested to know what his experience was like at Notre Dame. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I bet it was fascinating.
3: <laughs> so, I actually have a follow up with the with so in school were you. Yeah. Austin Channing or Austin uh, so Brown Chan- or?
0: this confuses a lot of people. My middle name is actually Channing, so okay. Channing isn't um uh, my maiden name okay um, so yeah so my name in school was um Austin Price, which gave no clues right as the gender or race so yeah.
3: when did you when did you come to realize or have some frustration over? your name and adults questioning your name and is that your name and why, why would you even ask that?
0: <laughs> so weird. So I'll be perfectly honest. As a kid, I was much more concerned about the fact that all the things that had the label Austin on them were blue for mm. boys. And I was mm. like, clearly there was a girl in the world named Austin. So can I get a purple license plate? <laughs> yeah. Or Chain or you know, right, like yeah. it was stupid, <laughs> silly stuff <laughs> that really bothered me about having a boy's name, um, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I think one way in which my parents did sort of like save me from this being like a traumatic experience was that I attended the same school from preschool all the way through eighth grade, and so mm-hmm. I had been at my school longer than most teachers had been at my school. Um, I think there were maybe two teachers who outlasted me. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, I didn't have as much of like, everybody knew
3: you, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And it was like this eye roll. So like half of my classmates would roll their eyes too. Like Austin's over there. (laughs) So I tell you what, um, what did surprise me though, the first time it happened was exactly what my mom said. The first time I went on a job interview. And they expected a white guy, and to watch their faces like change. There's like, like there's the moment when they like escort me into the room, right? And they're like, so like, why are you here? Yeah. Right? They're like,
3: there's a double oh, take. Is
0: that nice <laughs> right? They're like, they're not sure how to ask. Like, um, are you here to see someone else? <laughs> like, yeah. what? You got to get a hidden camera. <laughs> It's really, really fascinating to watch I people, bet. like, hesitate. Um, And then there's actually, like, walking into the room, especially if it's a group interview, people have a really difficult time recovering. And I think it's because both, because I am neither the gender or the race that they mm, expected, right. And so their minds are like, wait, what? So much so that most people, most interviews I've been on, somebody comments on it at, at some point. sure, Because it was so jarring that they're like, By the end of the interview, they're like, Yeah, I really thought you were a white guy before you came in. They got to break the tension. Yeah, they got to see it. Yeah, Yeah.
3: it's the elephant in the room for everybody, I'm sure.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating to watch.
3: (laughs) I bet.
2: Do people realize it too? You can see it on their you see the confusion, and then do you see like the secondary, Oh, I think my face is saying something I would rather (laughs) not say?
0: I think people have a tendency to look at each other in a group. So they're like, and that's usually what, yeah, betrays them. So by the time they look back at me, yeah. they're all like, smiles. Shoot, it was obvious. i like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only people who don't, um, who, now folks are still surprised, but black women are so excited because hmm. <laughs> they thought they were getting a white guy. And they're like, oh, you're a black woman. Yeah,
2: they just say it. <laughs>
0: So those are are like the genuine smiles that I get, like an immediate, like, I didn't think you'd be teaching this class, like that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. So what do you do as a profession?
0: Uh, Right now, write and speak. (laughs) Have you, Um, did you do anything before? Yeah, I've done a lot of different things. Okay. um, I was a resident director at uh, Christian University, where I was in charge of 240 18 and 19 year olds. Fun. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. Oh, the stories I could tell.
4: (laughs) Um,
0: I've also done fundraising. Um, I worked for Big Brothers Big Sisters for a while. Um, I've done obviously a lot of like multicultural diversity effort kind of things. Um, I worked at a homeless shelter once. So yeah, I'm, I've, my, (laughs) my history is all over the map.
2: You did have, you had a couple examples and I don't know if it was something that was done periodically or as opportunities arose or if it's something you did regularly where you would partner with a friend and there would be, it would be a racial, <laughs> racial reconciliation event at a church or, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but this, this is okay. Um, just those, ex- was that something that happened a lot or were there just a couple events that made it into the book and where was the experience pretty uniform? I mean, there's some pretty interesting stories about, People realizing their own biases and and discriminations and and just racism in general, like whether they knew it or not, and then their, the confession process. And you talk about, <laughs> you, I'll let you talk about it. But just you, you're like, I'm not. It's like they're looking for absolution, but I'm not the person that's gonna like declare absolution for you.
0: I've got to like go home and change a diaper. I don't know what you want for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? It does actually happen pretty regularly because I speak on a fairly regular basis. So you're right. I did choose like just a couple stories to sort of drive it home. Um, But I know this happens to a lot of black women who talk about race, particularly when the audience is moved, which is the hard part. Right. You want the audience to be moved. You want people to start making the connections. Um, But yeah, what almost always happens is there's like five, there's like there's like a 2% of the audience, right? whatever the audience size is, like 2% of them are going to come up and give their confession of what they didn't do um, the last time something racist happened. Yeah. So I get to hear about like the racist uncle and nobody said anything at the dinner table or um, or that time. Or <laughs> I had one woman who walked up to me and told me that it had only just dawned on her. That um, whenever her parents were asking about her dating life, what they were really asking was whether or not she's dating a black guy,
4: mm-hmm. because that's
0: what they didn't want. <laughs> it was like, okay, hey, yeah. well, maybe you should go talk to them about that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, what do
2: you want me to tell you?
0: <laughs> you for me. <laughs> it's super awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. I had a friend of mine um, who's a white woman who read a like really early copy of the books. Um, as I was like still editing in the editing process
4: mm-hmm.
0: and she got to that section and um, and she said to me, "You know what Austin? Uh, it makes complete sense to me that that white people were only giving their confessions to you and other black women and I was like, really because I really thought my friend who did this with me right would also be receiving them mm-hmm. and she was like, no she was like." the white folks who are confessing need absolution from someone who looks like you. Hmm. And I was like, well, damn it. <laughs> so yeah. they, they can get it from me. <laughs> I got, I got nothing. I can't.
2: And I you, can't and know. you speak for all black people in that moment for them. So
0: saying, and now, you know, because people have a tendency to be very specific when they're emotional, you know, like they're trying to, cause they're trying to make me understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now I know what's hanging on the walls in the room. I know like the feeling in the room, right? And I'm like, I was not at the dining room table. I don't need to know this. Yeah. I don't need to know about your racist uncle. Go fix it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) 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 I I hear, I do hear a lot that, well, your first, let's just say, your first chapter, white people are exhausting. And.
3: I love the book, the uh, chapter titles. I love them. They're great. I'm like, okay, what's behind this? Let's get to it. <laughs> Am I a nice white
0: person?
1: That's
2: great. I
0: can't believe this book got published. Are you guys surprised this book got published? No,
1: not today. No. <laughs> not today. <laughs>
0: I agree. I agree, actually. Only because of the political moment we're in. Yes, I'm sorry. There was a question in there. <laughs> oh, that's all right.
2: Uh, just uh, where was I?
3: First chapter.
2: Uh, the first chapter and white people being exhausting and just hearing from black people that I know th- that either whether it's them and or it's people they know, sure. just, I don't, I don't need or nor want, I don't have the energy to, to teach white people about my experience. Cause I I've lived it from yep. day one and it's, it's exhausting. So it re- yeah, it, Realizing kind of the irony in my question, I'm asking you to teach us right now. Like, like what's behind that?
0: <laughs> no, I think that's you, a great question. Can you take us through that a little um, bit? So for the, um, so for that first sentence, <laughs> you know what's really funny is that it makes white people laugh just as much as black folks. And I think that's because if you've been a part of the racial justice conversation for more than about three seconds, you've probably encountered some white folks who made you exhausted too.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you know yeah. You don't have to be in this conversation for long before you're like, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> sir, please sit down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just listen. Um, right. And so um, so I think the first thing is that I really did um, write this book for not just for black folks, but for white folks who have already started doing this work um, and who are ready to continue the conversation, right, who are no longer at the sort of one on one what is white supremacy or what is racism, right? Who have moved beyond that, um, but are still looking to ways to continue to grow um, Mm -hmm. and looking for ways to continue to identify racism, even in progressive spaces. So that was the purpose of the book. And then um, I feel like because of social media, we're in this era where um, white folks in particular have access to people of color who want to teach when they want to teach. Right, right. Right. So I wrote this book and I'm happy to talk about this book. Um, but I probably shouldn't be like the go-to person for any future questions all of you have about race. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Like like, maybe there will be some things that come up in the future that I can speak to, but y'all should have a group of other people of color who specialize in the things that you're interested in. Right. Um, and, and I think social media is creating more and more spaces. Um, so I think of, um, there's, a, um, an organization called be the bridge. I think it's called be the bridge.
2: Yes. We know um, people.
0: Yeah. And it's an opportunity for people of color who want to teach to be connected to white people who have questions. And I think hmm. that is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like This is the way it should work. Um So, yeah, so that would be my answer to that. it's not that I mind teaching, it's just that I want to do it on my terms. So, if I have a class, you should come to the class
3: yeah it's like
1: a dating site, but like you cannot go out with someone of your own race
0: I mean, <laughs>
1: like the site my, it, the app the won't let so, you right it won't even show you people of your own
0: race <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's part of the contract you sign when you join yeah. the group, I'm
2: sure. <clears throat> Yeah, I, we we're connected to some. There's a be the bridge uh, group that meets at the church we're connected to. Awesome. Or, uh, obviously, it's not the same thing, but they they meet at the church and or wherever they can in the area. And I've just I've already heard story. I haven't been able to go to a meeting yet, but I've heard stories of it's like white people. That are toddlers in realizing some of the things that they don't like in themselves and so things they see in society, and then they feel the need to explain themselves and talk and mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm.
3: and share about their uncle and what's on their yeah. Walls the look and on
2: your face says it all. And Lord and have mercy.
0: Our <laughs> friends are like, you no, know,
2: just thinking. Please, just sit. Stop. Just sit down. Just listen. I think See, they even have a rule. Those
0: folks should read this book because they're thinking, why are white people so exhausting? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, they, well, they're planning on it. The book's not out yet, but it's, <laughs> it, it'll be out when you're listening to this.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: So buy it.
1: I'm still here. Um, did you want to ask her about the cover?
0: Uh, yeah. Yes. So
1: the cover, mm-hmm. it, it looks like there are redactions in yeah. there. So are we is just there something s- behind yeah, that? Are we supposed to guess? No. No, okay. it really
0: is just a really cool cover. Okay. <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I um man, I don't know. I feel like in well, first of all, no, that I had nothing to do with this cover other than the color. Really? Yeah. The color was like a really muted, um, like really muted browns and dark yellows, and I was like, it's going to be hard enough to get people to pick up a book on race without it looking, like, sad, you know? Yeah. So it was like, we need a bright color. Like, we need, like, teal or something. It's
2: almost eastery.
0: Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, but I confess that I was drawn to the title because it looked like things were redacted. Oh. And, um, I don't know, part of me felt like I was – like, he would open the book and – you just get what you get. Like nothing is redacted inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like here, yeah. here is everything. Here's, here's what I got. Um, but yeah, I had nothing to do with the artwork, just the color.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, that's great. Going back a little bit to, uh, I think, let's see, high school, Mr. Slavinsky. Oh, that, what Mr. that was, Slavinsky. yeah. I, th- your reaction right
1: there is <laughs> it comes across in the book too. It's. Okay. Yeah, that's actually a um, a five foot two Asian woman, Zach. <laughs> <clears throat> well, mission accomplished. I was thrown off. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I envisioned a short, bald man. <laughs> just how
1: biased you are. <laughs> y-
2: you talked about not having a desire to be the black spokesperson for your class. And he was I think he was exposing uh, you guys and just you know most of the students were white but he and he was a white guy right yeah and and so he's he's exposing them to the curriculum then he goes outside of it to diversify it and just show the broader context of of the human experience right and and that was like a wasn't that one of the pivotal moments for you in your formation and do you mind talking about that a little bit
0: it really was um so I didn't, I didn't have a black teacher who looked like me until I was in college. Um, until college, all the teachers that I had were white. Um, and, um, and until Mr. Slavinsky, most of them seemed to be unaware of that fact <laughs> they were yeah. white and maybe the curriculum was too. Um, and so it, it really fell upon those of us who were students of color that if we wanted to think about black history or, um, just anything out uh, anything that pertained to like our own history, we had to do that work on our own, so if we had like a book report due, then we would choose to do it on a black author, or if you know we had just yeah. had to like step out of the curriculum you know in order to learn things and Livingston's class yeah, go ahead
3: is that what you mean by black curriculum just yeah. having topics that are that are coming from the black perspective or his, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. history of her, you know, heroic black people. In right? This, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm like a, I I'm had a,
0: plenty. No, this is a good question. I'm a sixth grade yeah. teacher,
3: so I'm I'm.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
3: So, that's why I'm asking. But continue. Yeah. Sorry. So
0: for, um, no, this is great. So for Jeff's going to update his curriculum. <laughs> <question>. <laughs> We're doing it in real time right now. Yeah. Um. So I think about like a, a typical English curriculum. Would only ever be white authors, literature from Europe, um, Mark Twain, um, right? Like it would, but but I would never read about um, um, Langston Hughes or Maya Angelou or right that that Black folks write in all kinds of genres that could be explored in an English class, um, but th- that had just never happened or I think about, um, history courses, particularly American history courses Mm -hmm. and black folks were always limited to like this one paragraph on slavery and then like three paragraphs on the civil rights movement. And that's about it. But I'm like, didn't, did black folks do anything else in American history? (laughs) Like aren't there, there more black folks we should know about? Um, and not just black folks, but you know, people of all different colors, right? But it was just, you know, my experience had just been if I wanted to learn about anything that people of color had done, whether in history and science and literature, that I had to go outside my classroom for that. Or I had to, I was responsible for bringing it into my classroom. And Mr. Slavinsky's class was the first time that I was learning something new about literature. <laughs> from a black author, from a white person and not my parents or not my pastor or like a white person Hmm. was teaching something new. And that had never happened before. And it threw me for a loop. (laughs) I was like, Whoa, what do I do? I don't even know what to do. Um, and ultimately it was good, but I really was so surprised because it's just so rare.
3: And things have flipped now because everything that I teach In sixth grade, a lot of our curriculum, a lot of our stories, a lot of our short stories are – they're really on what was marginalized for a really long, long time. and So cool. So
0: so great. I mean, but you think about like um, the books that like we would have grown up reading. Like it was really hard for my mother to find children's books with little characters with little black girls as characters a cover you know it was like snowy day and right. corduroy right? <laughs> like those, yeah. were, those were the books so i'm really i'm really grateful for the ways that we found to be much more inclusive in curriculum
1: jeff do you uh, do you find yourself slipping in some some mark twain every once in a while you know, outside the <laughs> curriculum,
0: do you do that search uh, for him? Yeah. <laughs> I thought like, no. like Edgar Allan Poe was another one that was just like constant. Like there is like a very clear American obsession with Edgar Allan Poe.
3: Yeah, I think once you get into high school, there, Edgar Allan Poe when didn't you, he kill himself? It, I don't know. Moving on. Anyway, there is, <laughs> when you when you get into uh, when you get into high school, it seems like Edgar Allan Poe is uh, is at the top. Well, probably yeah. top five, yeah.
1: yeah. I don't remember that. But, every,
3: but everything, everything has, everything in curriculum has shifted. There was a huge shift over the last ten or fifteen years, and it, it started slowly. But then there was a catalyst uh, um, over the last probably ten years, and that you know has has changed just how people um, see themselves and value themselves because they have they have someone they're reading about people that they identify with and they right. can you know have almost like mentors that they don't know but they they love to read about and and hear about the challenges that were overcome or just right. things that they did or invented or whatever yep. it might be. Yep.
0: Yep. It's so exciting. Um like I said I was I was like 15 before I experienced that. Um but I'll never forget it. It's in the book?
2: Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah. Another thing with the Slavinsky story, you mentioned you weren't sure about the kids or your classmates earning a right uh, to be given access to your experience or the the, um, kind of your your history. And what would it look like to to earn the right for those students or students? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, you know, I think if our entire curriculum had been more inclusive so that Mr. Slavinsky wasn't like the odd one out and there would have been more opportunities to build trust and to listen to my peers and how they process race and what they think about. Um, but to just sit in like one classroom and be like, okay, we're going to talk about race. (laughs) It was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that, particularly on a personal level, right? Like I could talk about history or I could have shared with them like, oh, this author, I'm, I was aware of this author. Like I'm pretty sure this author lives on my bookshelf at home. Like I could have done sort of a surface level communication with them. But the deeper, like, I think I might be wearing a mask like that. Right. <laughs> there was no way I could go there with them.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, the mask. That makes, didn't you, you went from like Toledo cleveland mm-hmm. yep. there was that yep, yep, yep. story yeah, my what?
0: parents got divorced okay and so um so i would so i lived in toledo but then every summer i would um go to cleveland so i would be moved from an almost all-white space to an, an all-black space and um, and,
3: that and you that word mask came up and i was reminding me of that i mean did you, did you feel like you had to hide in yeah
0: Oh my gosh, the transition was so, so difficult. (laughs) And I wish that it wasn't, but it was. Um, The first time I was around all black folks, I completely panicked. Mm
4: -hmm. And it was
0: because I realized, um, you know, around all white folks, I was pretty black. You know, like my music was black. My family was black. The food we ate was black. Mm -hmm. I would go over to my white friend's house and be like really confused because their lives, just their home lives looked so different from mine. And some things weren't actually about being white. I was just like assuming racial stuff because I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd be like, why do white people like cats so much? Because I went to one friend's house who had like 12 cats.
1: Hey, we're not all alike, all right?
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't know. I was like, man, white people really like their cats. So I forgot where I was going. It's probably
3: true, though.
1: (laughs) 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 On average, it's probably true, man.
3: But going from your house to their to their house oh, yeah. and seeing from the difference, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, so I always felt really black because I was surrounded by white people. But once I was in an all black space, I realized how little I knew about contemporary black culture.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So I knew like um, about Luther Vandross and Stevie Wonder and folks that my parents listened to. But I didn't know anything about um uh like Bobby Brown, and I was like <laughs> wait who who is Whitney Houston marrying? I don't understand why do we not want Whitney Houston to marry him? like I was just so behind um yeah, and so i was I was super, super, super the way I talked was different, um because my parents didn't use contemporary slang like they just hmm. they
1: and and they just, um what uh what era was this I and mean, essentially i'm asking how old you are
0: yeah, i was born in 84 so okay. and my parents divorced when i was 10 so it would have been right around like 94 95 96
1: uh, uh, okay. Okay. see and that's that's odd because i knew who bobby brown was uh and you know uh all all of the all of uh those uh rappers and uh hip-hop hip-hopsters that's what we call them in in the, the white <laughs> part of town the hip-hopsters <laughs> yeah
0: did you go to a white christian school no yeah i think well i did but eventually I, he did
1: eventually i did but that's because i got yeah. kicked out of the public school
0: Oh, sad. yeah okay. well yeah i think if i had gone to a public school that happened to be predominantly white I don't think my experience would have been as far removed. Right. But I think because I was at a white Christian school yeah. where you were only supposed to know who DC Talk was and Michael W. Smith. And there were some names I wasn't like completely clueless. Like there were some names that I would have known, like SWV, Whitney Houston was still really popular then. You know, like I knew some people. Even if I could have pointed Bobby Brown out, I wouldn't have known like, like the, that he was someone Whitney shouldn't have married do right. you know what I'm saying? Like there were just some nuances that I was like, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like I have no idea
3: what's happening right now. <laughs> but not, but <laughs> not knowing that culture really put you, you probably just kind of covered in some way and tried to assimilate as best you could while not it's being found out.
0: It's true. And it didn't work to be perfectly honest. Mm. It didn't work. So I tried really hard to like lip sync songs And, um, I would always stand like in the back of the room when there were like, um, like the dance competitions would start kicking off and our day camp leaders would just shout out, um, like a dance that we all had to do. So it'd be like cabbage patch and I'd be like butterfly. And I would be like, Oh, good God. (laughs) Now, once I saw them, I was like, Oh, okay. But just linking the name and the dance, I was like, I don't, I got nothing.
3: Yeah. I still do that today
0: burning really, really fast on my feet. And to be honest, um, I still stood out, you know, the way I talked was different. Um, the fact that there was so much, like I couldn't contribute to the conversation. Like I could listen, but the fact that I never had anything to say (laughs) was kind of obvious at some point. Hmm. Um, and so I used to like be physically sick, um, and Mm -hmm. just like refuse to go because it was so much work to try and catch up with everyone. Um, and I remember like a couple times being called an Oreo, um, which means that I'm black on the outside, but white on the inside yeah. or asked, why do I talk so white? Um, and I know that's like traumatic for some black people. It wasn't for me. I just felt like, damn, it's not working. Like, that's how yeah. I felt like oh. this isn't working. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I was just so unaware of how impacted I had been by white culture because I always felt so black around white people it was a very interesting experience, but I figured it out. I'll
3: it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so what, so at what point, what was the motivation? What was the catalyst behind you writing? I'm still here.
0: Uh, I, um, so I'm really obsessed, um, with like Tanasi Coates and Roxane Gay and some other, um, really popular writers. And, um, I noticed that there's a, a tendency when we talk about blackness to talk about black folks from the hood. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's... and, and I appreciate that story. I, I didn't, obviously you all know, I did not live that story. Um, and so I'm always really interested in it, but I felt like, but isn't there value in black folks who didn't grow up in the hood? Like, isn't there value in our stories? Um, can we, can we talk about the different kind of dangerousness of growing up around all white folks and not being represented in your school or in your curriculum? Um, isn't there value in talking about what it feels like to be the only one, um, in your classroom or the only one at work or, you know, Mm -hmm. so I just really wanted to tell a different side of blackness that a lot of people share, but it's hard to show that when you only work with two black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like when your experience doesn't show that there's a lot of black people who live this experience, right. <laughs> and I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to like bring that to light. Like there's so much value in growing up in the hood or the South or, you know, um, but there's, there's value in having been the only one in your white middle-class neighborhood too.
3: Right. Do, do you think as you were growing up, there was a, you built a, a wall up a little bit, or had a you know, maybe a, a like not wanting to, but maybe a, a chip on your shoulder. Like, I am the only one in this neighborhood or community. Is that did that yeah, happen?
0: I, like, I feel like this happens, um, differently for different black folks. For me, it was that I felt like I had to excel all the time, yeah. Um, so I had to be this is like a a saying that black folks say all the time for for your listeners. Um, But that black folks had to be twice as good, you Mm -hmm. know? And and though I would never would have said that out loud, I think it really is how I felt inside. So I had to have the best grades. I had to um, always be on my best behavior. Um, And I had to like, I had to be the embodiment of, Um, that black people can succeed and that black people can do well and that I belong here.
2: Yeah. And not just the best grades you, you mentioned in order to get the best grades, you, it was either that or your blackness. Like, and was that, is that just a constant struggle?
0: It was once I started to become more aware of the difference between, um, like history that was being taught in my history books and history. Parents were teaching it at home. It's yeah. so like in elementary school, not at all so much. But by the time I was getting into like high school and definitely by college, um, I was definitely making decisions about what grade I wanted based on how much of the truth I was willing to tell.
3: Yeah. Every once in a while, I tell my kids, I'm like, you know, Christopher Columbus, well, you should look Ooh. him up a little more.
0: <laughs> he's not like Why? white,
3: white. He's like <laughs>
1: he's <still> brown, white. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I'm like those explorers. Yes, they really explored, and then let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> right. I can't help myself. I was a so, I was a sociologist in, in well oh, in man. college, and I'm just. I mean, I learned so much going through school, and yes. and um, and talk about a, a a when I mentioned chip on the shoulder, but I had a a. a it was at um, it was a sociology class, and he came. He was teaching like ethnicities and and yeah. cultural diversity, and he was a Native American Harvard okay. gra- Harvard graduate. Wow! And man, he 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 wore it proud. I mean, like saying saying. I mean, he just said, "You don't say this, and you don't say that, and if you're gonna say yeah. this, you better." be ready to get in an argument with someone who may want to have that argument and and be careful, you know, what you say. And mm. I'm like, what do you mean what I say? It's like just saying they is just, you, you, right. you're not thinking, you're not thinking about the bigger picture of people in general in the United States. Yes. Because yes. everywhere else it's pretty homogeneous in the States. Right. it's.
0: Right. It's every.
3: It's the world. Thank so,
0: God for teachers who are aware and willing to teach. Good yeah. God, changed my life.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Good teachers, right? They they make a huge impact. Someday you'll get there. Jeff. Yeah. When, I, I actually be. I became a. Te- I became a teacher because of a U.S. history teacher. So that's cool. I got my own story. Anyway. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you you were ready. And to I'm still here, so times. let's
3: keep going.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> nice, Jeff. Still here, Jeff. Black dignity. You
0: guys are really good at this. You should think about having a podcast or something. Yeah. We were going
2: to, but we realized there's a lot of podcasts with three white guys. So
0: guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to listen to that?
0: awful lot of you in the podcast world. I
2: will <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're on that circuit right now.
0: I am. Are you on the white guy circuit? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you
1: say? You're on the white guy circuit?
0: Well,
1: you know. I, I mean, guy guy that's not podcast. what I call it. Oh, white guy <laughs> podcast <not> circuit. <laughs> circuit. The W G. <clears throat> All right, you were going to say something, or ask something. Go ahead. Um,
3: <laughs> this is digressing. Okay, so... Come on, Scott.
1: So you were in the. you grew up around where you're mainly... All, all the people around you are mainly white, and you might be the only only. Um, you're being exhausting I was just right like now. One of a
0: handful. Yeah. Yeah. So I was probably like one of five. for Yeah. The rest of elementary school.
1: Did Did you? Okay. So and then and then going to the, and then you mentioned going to the to a community that is has more Higherly black. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was there? Man. so I I have I have a condition. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's a psychological condition but i just i just wherever i go i feel for some reason i don't belong i whatever it is no matter where i am yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: um now do you did you feel like there was did you have that idea being around you know mainly, mainly white people and then right, right, going right, right. and being around mainly black people so it's like man I didn't really feel like I felt you belong there, and then I go to some place right. where I, I still don't feel like I belong.
3: So where Man. do I sit?
1: Yeah, I like so. Yeah, so what? Yeah, what are you? What were you thinking about? Like, do I need to find a place? Like, do I need to start a community where?
0: That's a good <laughs> right. <laughs> where are others like me? Yeah. Um that's a fantastic question. I was, yeah, I was completely thrown off by it. First of all, like my parents are divorced, right? So that's like. Mm-hmm. like that's why I'm in Cleveland in the first place oh, yeah. so there's like this major life experience that has happened and now I'm in a new city and not just a new city but in this new cultural context that I have never experienced before so there was a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and as I mentioned I've been at the same school from preschool all the way through whatever it is. So is I've never switched schools uh-huh. I've never been the new kid in the classroom right like All of that is new for me. So you can talk about somebody with some high anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, it was really bad sometimes, some days. Um, You know, the, the, the thing that changed it all for me was actually, um, there was a girl who lived four down house, four houses down from my mom. And she ended up at the same summer day camp as me. And she became my friend. And I don't know why she became my friend. <laughs> no idea why. I think, you know what I think it was? I think it was because she was a single child. She didn't have any siblings. Mm-hmm. And so to have a girl in the neighborhood for her to hang out with, I think she was willing to overlook a lot of things. <laughs> and and she did. She taught me how to dance. She taught me like all the popular radio stations. She um um yeah. And we were when we were at summer day camp. So we were not like in our neighborhood, but actually around other um, other students, she would kind of vouch for me um, or she would like save me from the conversation or she would make like some inside joke that the, sh- the two of us had talked about the night before and make everybody else feel like the outsider to our like, little inside conversation. Like, and I don't know how much of that she did on purpose. I mean, she was like 11, 12,
3: so, Jesus, right. so oh. Jesus showed up as a female, eleven year old, four houses down from you.
0: God is a black woman.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Love it. Sweet. Wait, I thought we were really t- Wait,
1: never mind. Well, you
4: know.
1: So okay, now this might be a personal question. Um, what is the most embarrassing thing you tried to do to try to fit in in either community?
4: Man, um.
1: So, like for me, I I grew I was like mainly like Hispanic Mm -hmm. area. So, I would wear like clothes that were, you know, like Hispanic clothes. (laughs) He's also half Mexican. I'm half Mexican, but I I look like my name's sake. Yeah. You're half Mexican? (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I try to fit in by dressing like, you know.
0: Yeah. I would have, truthfully. Um, we just didn't have enough money. Again, divorced parents, so all the money was spent in court. Oh, um, um, I did <laughs> I did have um cornrows before cornrows became popular again. Um and for and as a girl with not without extensions, so they were just cornrows on top of the boy's name was doing me no favors. Mm. <laughs> um, so I had I had students my age on a regular basis would like hear me talk like they would see me far away I would get closer and they would hear me talk and they would be like oh you're you're a girl (laughs) and that was not fun (laughs) it was one thing for like (laughs) teachers to mistake who I was and not be able to find me but for boys my age to be like oh you're a girl not good not good (laughs) oh it was torture
2: all right well I think we're running out of our allotted time but do you have time for a couple Couple yeah. questions, couple quick questions, and actually, this this is one that probably deserves more time, but it's up to you. Um, towards the end of the book, you mention like a lot of white people like to say, "Look at all the progress we've made, and um, we've come so far." There, there has been progress, and I guess by that definition, there has been. But your point being, and you have a Chris Rock quote in there. Like it should have already been like this, and it, it yeah,
0: it's really hard to think about so in in my head, I sometimes not all the time, I don't like have a rule about this, right, but I do right. sometimes you're say, human' think, <laughs> right <laughs> I do sometimes when i'm when I'm like trying to teach about race, try to distinguish between change and progress, yeah, so when I think about progress, I think about iPhones and I think about how close we've come to being the Jetsons and I think about, you know, like I think about things that make us go, what? (laughs) We do that. Can you believe we did that? (laughs) And that's not how I feel about rape. Like we ended slavery. That does not like, whoa, go America. (laughs) Like, "Mm, pretty sure that's just the baseline for human decency. Uh, I'm pretty sure we
4: should
0: have just ended that and not Patted ourselves on the back. Right. <laughs> hmm. Thanks, library. Yeah. So, I do want to acknowledge change. I want to acknowledge what my ancestors went through. I want to acknowledge what they fought for. I want to acknowledge that we are on the podcast together talking about a book that I wrote that got published. You know what I mean? Like, right. These are things that for my, some of my ancestors could never have been. Um, and so, I want to acknowledge change, right? I think that's good and that's healthy and hopeful. That there's more change that we can create um but i feel like i'm still like i feel like barack obama becoming president that might qualify as progress mm-hmm. like that that was so significant mm-hmm. i'm i might, I might hillary be able would have been a step back the, right into right progress on that one say it again Nothing. Nope. Never,
1: never mind
2: yeah, oh, his, I didn't hear. it's all right. It was a joke that didn't quite land and it shouldn't have.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how I try to like distinguish the two and not because I'm trying to like be mean or be too harsh or anything. I just want, I want us to think bigger than dismantling <laughs> things that should be dismantled, right? I want us yeah. to just think about how much more inclusive we could be and what our churches could look like and, Mm -hmm. um, how we could talk about the Bible and what we could do with curriculum, you know, like the possibilities that are still available to us.
2: Yeah. That's really good. I have a couple of uh, silly questions. Uh, So these guys are probably sick of this one, but, uh, we're in the new Jerusalem and you're walking through the, the open gates, the always open Mm -hmm. gates Sure. And you get to pick one person, living or dead, to announce your entrance. And you get to pick a song for your walk-in music.
0: Whoa. Oh, man. Okay, I'm debating between two people. That's what's happening right now. Go for it. People to understand the silence that's happening. Um, I am, like, really, really convinced that Whitney Houston is my long-lost auntie. <laughs> um, I'm to be like, she just didn't know I knew, but she didn't. Something happened.
2: She'll know she'll one will, day.
0: <laughs> she'll know when I get there. This is what I'm driving at. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she see. will be the one who um, sings the song as yeah. I enter. I could almost do any Whitney Houston song. Mmm this wouldn't really be my choice, but I want to dance with somebody is like the first one that comes to mind. In it would be time. an upbeat Whitney Houston song. It would okay. be like, let's dance." I'm every woman. Like something, we'll it would be something quick. That's
2: like, awesome. You.
0: A very joyous, like I'm here. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I would want it to be a family member who greeted me, maybe like my grandmother or, um, I talk in the book about my cousin who passed away. I would yeah. for him to be the first person I encounter. So yeah, I, that one's a little bit harder, but I think family for sure.
2: That's
1: amazing. What about all the people that, whose podcasts you've been on? Um, I mean, I would like, we can expand it to three people, let's say (laughs)
0: like, like, like I, I envision being escorted to a party where multiple people are waiting Mm -hmm. and for sure there would be three white guys at the party. (laughs) I mean, you gotta have some inclusion, right? Right on.
1: Well, yeah, that's
2: yeah right? definitely it's, it
0: is heaven after all yeah yeah
2: and if yes. it's us we won't be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> oh all right and then I'm um so that's imp-
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right so at the end of the day when you are you're just you're done with life and you you want your brain to turn off what what do you watch before you go to bed
0: Golden Girls. <laughs> <Not> I, Get <laughs> out of here. Uh, oh my I, gosh. I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, I <man>. am so <laughs> obsessed. I am Dorothy for sure, but I love Sophia and I used to wish I was Blanche. And poor Rose. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> she just keeps I a, love it. She just keeps everyone honest and kind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that on Netflix? <laughs> So it's on Hulu. Okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense. And I
0: know that because I watch it almost every night before I go to sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> is wait, wait, wait a second. You didn't watch that when you were a little girl, did you? I did not. Okay. Because I was going to say, if you went to Jedi. black school, we're like, oh, did you guys catch did Golden
0: you Girls? Right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful?
3: Oh my and then you go to Cleveland, they're like, <sighs> You would have been
1: definitely
4: was, found out. What are you out?
3: talking about? <laughs> In the <a> book. <laughs>
4: like,
0: time, that would have been my most embarrassing moment. It was this time I mentioned the Golden Girls. <laughs> blanche, who? <laughs> What's a
4: Blanche? What's what? A, that's a new a dance.
2: <laughs> Do the Blanche, Austin. <laughs> oh uh, all right. Sorry. So. Tell people where they, they're going to find you and connect with you.
0: Yeah, so um, I love the Twitters. The Twitters are my favorite, at Austin Channing. Same thing with um, IG. And then Facebook is my entire name, so it's Austin Channing Brown.
2: Oh, okay, cool. awesome. And the website is austinchanning.com? You got it. Yeah.
0: Yep, that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I started typing in Austin, and I put CH, and Austin Channing Brown came up.
0: Did it? You know, mm. I had always intended for it to be Austin Brown, but it was taken because of Michael Jackson's nephew. Did you guys know this? Michael Jackson has a that... nephew named Austin Brown.
1: Nope.
0: So that's why I started using my middle name because I had to distinguish hmm. myself. Is that, from, is that from
1: Tito or from Janet?
0: I confess. Well, probably not Janet.
1: Oh, oh. Well, she.
2: Well, she
0: a, has one child, but.
1: Oh, I I was just. Life. Yeah, I don't know. He's just naming names. I'm you just know, naming. <laughs> those are the only.
0: Two Listen, other Jackson I have finally caught I up on Black culture, so now I can ask that's what I was Stanford. asking.
2: <laughs> all right, well, we're just beginning, so <laughs> I, I really, we really appreciate you and all that you're doing, and I love the book, and we'll, we'll be putting it all the information on the show notes and all that stuff, so.
0: Awesome. It's Thank you provoking. Guys so much yeah. for having me and for diving into a conversation that starts with what white people are exhausting. That's yeah. amazing.
1: Man, speaking of that, can I can oh, I ask stop. you one more question? <laughs> um nope. well, if you were gonna rename Google to something that's you know, <laughs> what would you name it? <clears throat> like a black name. <laughs> Give us black Google.
0: <laughs> black Google. Well you know black Twitter is a thing, so maybe we should just have black everything. Oh really? Wait, you guys look surprised. Yeah. You guys unaware of black Twitter? They wouldn't let us <gasps> open
3: an account. Never heard of it.
0: You guys.
3: I mean, You're we lying. know,
1: but
2: it's tell it's our changed.
1: listeners.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found I find out about the world from sixth graders, 11 and 12 years older.
0: They probably did not be on black Twitter yet. Black Twitter is a little uh, old for, wow. us, for sixth graders. That's true. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain black Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> um,
2: we can we'll Google go, it.
0: Find another yes. Go, oh, I wonder what would come up. Google black Twitter.
2: I will. What <laughs> does your so shirt it's, say?
0: It's a beautiful thing. Um, it says theology on the ground. Okay. Oh, okay. my conference.
2: That's your conference. Oh. Awesome. All right. Is there a website for that?
0: Um, there is. It's a conference I just spoke at. Okay. Once. Um of course all it is is initials at the bottom acs i have no idea what that stands for i'm sorry
2: okay well thank listeners you so much do their due diligence and figure yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for hanging with us yeah thank you
1: i really appreciate it take care thanks, bye-bye bye. all right thank you bye awesome shining brown hmm? live and Well, not not in person, but I mean, as close to in person as you can get, being thousands of
3: miles away.
2: This is what we—it just took place, Jeff.
1: Be
3: in the moment. That was great. Austin is casual and fun, and uh, her book's very thought-provoking. And I only went through about three chapters and then skimmed the rest. And it's it's a fun book to read because it's eye-opening for a white male and she really didn't go through the black black experience and she kind of mentions that about she went through the the half grown, black growing experience. up in the hood i don't even think it's a half black experience it's she grew up in a white neighborhood and she was a black girl back in the 80s in the reagan bush senior era that's different
2: Not gonna die.
3: Yeah, that's totally different and I love that she wrote a book that is easy to understand. Um, and you're right, though. Those those chapter titles, which we touched on, we didn't
2: get to the one that's like uh, nice white people. Right. They're, uh, which I'm realizing, like, I've been a nice white person. Like Like, her examples are, among many, it's that white people assume that if they're just nice to everyone, uh, that everything's good. It's all good. We've, we've made the progress. If you're just nice to everyone. And then she details how nice white people, unknowingly, probably mostly, will do things or play a part in systems that that are discriminatory or racist. And, and usually it's nice white people. It's not that they're being racist because they're
3: assholes. It's just, well, I think there was something in I think it was in her book about bringing like, oh, we have some black people or we need to bring some black people in our church. We need to diversify. Why? I think she had that question. She poses that question yeah. in there. Like what's what's behind just having black people in your white church that's not doing anything except look at us. The seeing is has nothing and to you do You relationships. put them on the the of your website and people do in fact everything i pick up these days um pamphlets and and um anything that's public a lot of it is women or black or actually it's women or or black people on the cover and especially time magazine and cuz i get it at my school every week and it, i'm like the white male is is like been pushed aside and everything that's presented, it's all about presentation. And, and that's what she brings up in there. It's like, well, yeah, a what, lot of churches, what's groups, the point?
2: they'll have racial reconciliation groups yeah, where they touch on all the things or they'll have the appropriate amount of We're talking about people.
3: it. We're having good conversations. And that's
2: the end of it. They check the box. Right. We're diverse and we're, we're reconciling and, and it, there's not like a more holistic boots on the ground approach.
1: So what is the, in your white opinion, what is the average white person to do? That would have been a great question to ask her. She's not white. She can't answer that. Well, from her perspective.
2: She sees all the white people, the white white guilt. I like how she follows white people that want to help, and they get into white guilt mode, and she has some thoughts on that and critiques and it's, it's helpful. I don't, I think the start is being aware. Like I, yeah. The, one of the examples that I wa- had in my notes that just didn't happen, uh, which is fine. It was, I, that was a great conversation. That was a blast. It was a great conversation. Um, um, was they went to her, her in college, she went with a white friend for, for the purposes of, a black and a white person pair up. They go on a bus tour to learn about racism and stuff. And one of the they took them to a plantation where they learn about the history of racism. But it's like it sounds like remember the time intended. It's whitewashed like the plantation. The people that work there. It's like well, this, most of the slaves were super happy and they you know they enjoyed their you know they they put that spin on it. And it resulted in the end of it, like, now let's go pick some cotton so you could see what it's like. And so there's black college kids
1: <laughs> black, black cotton.
2: <laughs> picking cotton in a field and they're like, Really?
3: You're they're learning about relive this? Wait. She just Austin <sighs> was just talking about how we don't learn about history. And I know. so they're learning about the history.
2: Yeah. You know, you're
3: and I'm right.
2: A version of it. Yes.
3: No, it's not a version. It is.
2: No, what, I what's know, going but on. but it's <laughs> the tone deafness. Anyways, the tone deafness. No, I didn't it. realize that, but I'm oh, good But then they get on the bus and then they go to a museum where the the museum is basically uh lynching displays. And which I think those museums museums that display that stuff probably should exist, but uh, the conversations that came out of that, where a lot of the white people were exposed to something, they had, they're like, I don't even know this happened, and so the conversations on the bus escalated, where they passed a microphone around and mm. talked about their thoughts, and the white people at first were were just they were horrified and they tried to separate themselves from that because obviously they didn't they don't do that right they didn't even know it existed, um it's not my fault there's a lot of that talk and then one of the black kids shared and said you know very calmly like man i'm not even mad at white people anymore i just i just think you you are evil and you are like it's just in you this stuff and just like sat down almost cold like calmly like it not elevated just like i guess it's just the way it is this is how i see you people and then uh right before they break for lunch A white girl stands up and is basically like, I, I don't even know what to say, but, and I'm totally paraphrasing it, but, I'm sorry that this is your experience. Like that's they're tied to that experience, and from this day forward, I, like no 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 more like actually I'll
3: pull it up because that's this is what it's worth it. (laughs) I'm sure this is why. This is why a life in Christ um, has the ability to to value people.
2: Yeah, and we'll get there because that's how our book closes, right. and we can close on that. Right. Let me just
3: finish the thought, um,
2: and but I'm affirming you, Jeff. You keep doing that. You just remember that. I don't want to
3: steamroll you like I like to steamroll Scott. <laughs> it's okay, Jeff. You get over it. No, I mean, he can't D's steamroll Scott, me because, you know, I, I'm me and he, he can steamroll you. That's why he steamrolls you. Go ahead. Is she saying I'm weak,
2: Jeff? It was a different posture. It goes from a posture of, it's not my fault. We've made progress. You know, case closed. To the, a, a white girl or white woman, I guess, her college. So a white woman saying, I, I don't know what to do I don't, with what I've learned. I can't fix your pain. I can't take it away. But now I see it, doing nothing is no longer an option for me. And, man, I wish I would have brought that up, because I think that was a moment where those words, doing nothing is no longer an option for me, were, was a catalyst for Austin Channing Brown to, to do what she's doing now. I think that was a, a beginning moment. I mean, obviously, there were seeds that were planted the before white, that. The white
1: um, girl on the bus said Doing nothing? Doing nothing is no longer an option.
2: And it was almost like I don't I don't know what to do. But I know I I can't just like pretend it didn't exist or pretend like, yeah, that slavery's abolished, so we're fixed. And it just something clicked in her where it's I don't know, but I'm gonna learn. It's just a different a different posture to take.
3: I, but you were talking I, about I, I don't I'm I think we oh man. I don't want to marginalize this, but I think we make too much of the his, history books. I realize that there's there's things are set the way they are in the United States because we are not a society that looks the same and talks the same and has we're 100 cultures within one country more than that but the the point being is we're always going to have this um, this tension it can be a healthy tension where people are like, you need to recognize this. It's like, why do I need to recognize? Why can't I just recognize that um, I'm a believer and I love you and I don't really care? I mean, if there was stuff that happened in the past, it's in the past. But Maybe today, you're a nice white guy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but going back to the picking the cotton, I don't think there's a problem with seeing that there were black blacks picking cotton. I think the problem in here in history and obviously we're growing out of it within the country um although there's a whole there's a whole slew of problems um that are always continuous is that those people could not go home to a place they called home where they just were free right and that was that's the defining moment not the picking the cotton
2: right and it it was also just that there was a little bit of a sheen put on it like Oh, a lot of slaves were happy to go pick the cotton. See, you can go pick cotton and have, see what it was like too. And you're not in an environment where you're locked in there. You can't, you get to get on a bus and leave. So that was kind of the critique, is just the, there was a spin put on it. It's not to say they're all like, that all those things are like that, but that's what it was for her.
3: They should have locked them up, all the kids, all the college kids. They should have locked them up and threw some food in there. And uh, said see you in the morning. Wow. No, I and I mean
2: all of them. Jeff, Matt, bros, wait, wait, Spear, wait. doc. I'm not sure you're digging out of this one.
3: No, I am digging out of I'll it. I'll edit this out. No, so that <laughs> no, so you then you then start get to you know, have yeah hey, you signed up for this class, this is what you get. And and just kind of make them feel like, nope, now you get out there and keep picking. I have a I feeling mean, when you read that part in the book, you'd be like, uh. No, white uh, Zach, can you there, go are there, that up? Is this uh white and black people on this trip? Yeah, they're
1: paired up white and black. You weren't listening to Right, yet. that's right.
3: No, no, no. I do I do recall. Come on. So they're they're all out there. Or is it or was did they set it up where the white people were standing it's watching a, the black called, people pick the guy We're gun. gonna make this we're gonna make this or Everybody, or was everybody out there? God. No, no, no. How historically. I mean, I'm not joking around Jesus Christ. Let's get awesome. to them. Be Wait, like, Billy, you sit it's down
2: over here. Sink Here's some trip.
1: tea.
2: Are you guys proud of yourselves right now? Really? Uh, so
1: <laughs> I, I think I'm not. I'm trying not yeah, to
3: laugh. You guys keep I, I, th- I, th- I would go screwing back, around.
1: I'd go back to to my question. What is what is the average <sighs> white person to do? I mean, wh- 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 What are it we? Starts with reading books like no, I'm no, still here. We, what is, what is that going to do for black dignity in a world made for whiteness? By Austin Channing Brown. I'm not contending. Not I, I, a white man. I'm not. I'm not saying it's it's not a good book, but um, what you what, want actionable well, no, advice? No, what, no, not even what what action. What 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 action is any average person supposed to take? So there, there's no there's nothing that says nothing. that all white people have some implicit bias that they're walking around with that they need to change. So, sure, are there some? Mm,
3: sure, but... Well, probably,
1: we probably do.
2: Everybody for me
3: does. as a white man to go out and try and like fix some... What I see is, um, oh, you, 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 you're down and out, or you're less than. The moment I go and do that, I'm really telling them, you are less than. So I do nothing except treat people like Jesus would treat them. And that's all I can do. There's no, like, we got to go out and... Pick it for this or that, or yeah. I have conversations with people. That's it, and build relationships. Yeah, and that's
2: how she closes. Um, her book kind of wraps up with it. It's like a Jesus bow, but in a really effective way, and where her her hope lies in that. There's the all throughout the biblical narrative is mountains being brought low, valleys being lifted up, captives captives being freed, like. Justice, like pure justice and reconciliation, um, and and the hope that is in there, even when it feels like hope is crumbling, that's that's a beautiful and deep thing.
1: It in is my, my face
3: to to go back for,
1: and for everybody to to a, to work
3: towards, right. not just the white person right. changing. You're right, Scott. Yeah, I, go, I don't know. I, I don't want to leave this like I was being crass, but back to the. You know, them um, kind of reenacting this, you know, picking the cotton. And I I don't want it to seem that, I mean, I think there is value in actually walking people through what actually happened. And the closer you get to reality, obviously you're not going to go there, but the closer you get to reality, the more people understand or you end up just whitewashing over. Oh yeah, they right. pick, pick cotton. I was like, oh, oh well, that doesn't seem so bad. Right. And if that's all that's in the history books, um, then you you know you don't you don't get the the, the aff- horror and the de- demonic the
2: the devilry that is afoot in in racism of any form. And and obviously, in, with our country's history, we have a huge form of it.
1: Well, yeah, and I and I think just like like she's saying, hey, she's you know if you you have questions, you don't have to come to me. You can go to you know go do some research on your own. Right. I'm, not, I'm not the the uh, the the answer answer giver. Um, but I think I think that's that's another you, kind of flipping that around. Um, you don't you don't have to go look for answers from anybody. Um, yeah, you're, you that's... you see people as see people for who they are. Um, not not judging them or being biased against them and I think that's how most people are. So
2: uh, from Bros yeah. Bibles Beer headquarters, um Scott says don't look for answers from people. Jeff? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, see, yeah. I really hate how you how you <laughs> I mean, t- give you us dick. titles I mean, and then yeah asshole.
1: well and, that, and that's why yeah that's why so that's
3: Jeff <laughs> at Bros buy beer he's the a hole and Scott you that's can where you where, know, yeah
1: I talk about okay what's the what's the everyday run of the mill white person doesn't walk around or half white yeah they they're they're nice people nice white people they're nice white people how do you fix that that could be our podcast title <laughs> nice white people I'm
3: not sure. You know, the, sure. the more I, the more I think about what she was saying when she went to the she didn't know the black culture within her book she said there was like lots of cussing and and behaviors that she'd never seen before and there was you know dancing and she's like I didn't know what the heck was going on and when I think about where I work up, there's a lot of that that happens that I'm like dancing and cussing yeah. Seriously, when, I, when we have little events at our elementary school, I'm like, why are these kids dancing this way? If my daughter was dancing this way, I would be appalled. Are they dirty dancing? But it's the culture. And so it's like, do I affirm my culture and put my thumb on the kids and be like, you can't do that, when their parents would be like, why not, white guy? That's might be how they respond. Like, Get your freak on. Get your yeah. Eleanor This is no, what Eleanor. we do in Blanche. our culture. Right. I'm, you can't tell us what to come do. Come on, Jeff. Do the Blanche. When, when <laughs> it took two years, it took two years for, for my own kid's school to even hear about the stuff that was happening at where I worked, and I'm like, wow, that is... A huge like that's a huge uh, void in cultures because um, and when they get it, it's just like funny goofy. When when the kids that I teach get it, it's like their life, like singing, dancing, cussing. Um, I mean, not that that's I'm generalizing, but it's a different environment. And so when Austin's talking about these two environments, I I'm a little. When I have parent conferences, I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit like Austin was in like, okay, I, I want to tell them, but I don't want to offend them. So how I speak has to be tailored a little bit so there's an understanding here. Because if I just come out and say, your kid's not doing it. They're not getting it done. They don't work hard enough. I mean, if a teacher told my kid that, I mean, obviously, I'm like, "What? Oh, man, I'm failing as a parent. But if I do that with them... It's there, I might get fired just for being offensive.
1: (laughs) For telling them that their kids need to work harder and do better grades.
3: Scott, there's there are are wars going on, and you know, and it's and they will culture war. And Zach's trying to cut it off, they will do that the rest of their
2: life. Is that the scope of this specific episode? episode. It's a small
3: small microcosm of just one little thing that has to do with cultures that intersect and create conflict. I mean Austin's is totally, it's totally different, but in a very, I will say, bland way compared to what I'm talking about. But then there's you know ten times that in the inner cities of, um, L.A. and San Bernardino, uh, and elsewhere around the country. So, I mean we've got serious problems. Scott asked, "What does a white male do?" <laughs> these aren't, I'm, I mean I'm not passing the buck, but these aren't our problems. And they don't have to be their problems either. If everybody comes to Christ.
2: Oh man, there's so much there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 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 uh, uh, su- it's yeah.
1: neighborhood, it's neighborhood based, it's it's culture based, and, and yeah, if if you're in the position, yeah, you guys, if you all can right. go, hey, if hey, you can hey, go, hey, and, do go hey. and do something, Zach is exhausted
3: right, by I Zach's exhausted. Need to watch some Golden yeah, Girls. I'm not, I'm
1: not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that you. All right, guys, you can't do something. I
2: think you guys are punching or punching above your
3: pay grade. awesome Austin, Channing no, Brown. You can
1: make any comments that you want, Zach.
3: It's a freak. I'm still here. Black dignity, <laughs> amazing. Get it. Black dignity in a world made for whiteness. Yes. <laughs> in a world made for white. A world. <laughs> a
4: That's world the
1: the made time. for That's the whiteness. Book the book.
3: I should have asked her about mm. that. Bros Beer.
1: I don't want to say anything about it though because I didn't Subscribe, rate, it. review. To iTunes.
2: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Bros. Bows Beer.
1: And if uh, the, first, the first person to tweet back what is black Twitter, the answer to that, you, Zach, will give you a prize.
3: Excellent. Yeah. I love you. Hugs and kisses, everybody. Except use it. Zach,
1: oh, you did? Uh, nah nice. I thought you were gonna say me, but you can. Okay, good. good. We're on the same. He team. said
2: me, but you were in his All But yeah, right. he, uh, he
1: meant. He, that's why he hesitated. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, delete that. Thanks, I'm fifty two, the gym
3: teacher. Gym teacher i a gym teacher. I actually want to be a policeman. I'm 52 of a gym teacher. Gym teacher. We get to spank him one time. Gym teacher. I'm 52 of a gym teacher. We get to spank him one time. Gym teacher. gym teacher.
2: a gym teacher. a gym teacher. a gym teacher. gym teacher. I actually want to be a polygamist.
1: Don't quote me, bro. Scott, seriously, shut the hell up.